The blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We're the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And I'm Reed. And I'm going to ruin this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Richard. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> we got some guests in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, please say hello to the two gentlemen from the Dr. DC podcast. How are we doing today, gentlemen? We're doing great. Yeah. How, are you, how are you guys? Thanks for having us. Not a problem. Uh, recently, we were on, well, recently as of this recording, I'm not quite sure how far out this is going to be released, but uh, recently we uh, recorded an episode on their podcast, so what I'd like is uh, if you guys could tell us a little bit about yourselves and your podcast. Oh, 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 oh no. Oh no. I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, what do we do? Who all, am I? All your podcast etiquette out the window. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh... Yeah, we do the the. We have, we have, we have a fast food podcast. Uh, <laughs> every week we we dive into a new director. Oh no! Wait, I think I've got it. Yeah. We do the Doctor DC podcast. Uh, we basically we talk about DC comics. We take questions from listeners. We pick a topic every week, or like a or a character, or a type of power, or something, and then okay. we just uh, we we delve into it. It's we take questions. We take questions. They're usually more of a jumping off point, and then we sort of make cum jokes out of it. Well, that and we've <laughs> <laughs> a decent amount of like insane comic book conspiracy theories. Uh, we do a lot of that. You're gonna fit uh, right in here. I'm just saying. <laughs> That I think that Lex Luthor did 9-11. Is that so wrong? <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Heat vision doesn't burn hot enough. <laughs> um. I'm just saying, why was, why was Superman taking those flight courses? He already can fly. Yeah, so I mean, we're <laughs> clearly uh, irreverent about the material, about the subject <laughs> matter. But uh, but I, I read like a ton of comics and have read a ton of comics for a long, long time. Uh, and like got super into DC. Richard has read a lot of like different comics from other mm. kind of publishers than that but it's sort of been tangentially near comics for a long yeah. time but never sort of like fully do dove in, in um so this podcast has been an opportunity for me to really understand more about what dc does and what stories are available to me and and learn a bit along the way though i barely barely listen <laughs> <laughs> wow I, that was that was amazing. Fantastic. <laughs> We're so professional. Could you tell that it was scripted? <laughs> tightly scripted? <laughs> Uh, so today we're breaking a little bit from our norm. Typically, we only stick into a strictly nostalgia wheelhouse where everything kind of takes place before the 2000s or at the very least the early 2000s. Um, but this one, we're kind of widening it up a bit to pretty much anything. And we're going to be doing our essentially, I'm just going to call this our top 10 DC storylines. I mean, to be fair, it, during quarantine times, anything prior to 2020 feels like it's a long time ago. <laughs> it's, it's all nostalgia. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the before time. Uh, yes. So, uh, Adam, what's your experience with DC Comics? Uh, my experience is heavily weighted on Batman. Um, I'm much more of a Marvel reader, and I've read a lot more Marvel storylines overall. Well, that was great. I'll Just... see you guys later. Yeah, uh, okay. I'm going to be signing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I've read some. Um, now, you know, I've, I've, I've read plenty. Batman is the, is my go-to when it comes to, you know, graphics and TPPs, honestly, 
Batman is the best. I know this, and that's why I've read a bunch of his stuff. When it comes to a lot of other bigger, overarching storylines, I like Marvel stuff better. So I, I don't have as much expertise on the Batman or on the uh, DC side, but I have enough, you know. And if and I believe we are including some uh, subsidiaries as well on yeah. this one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. so things like Vertigo. Um, anything else? What else is there with them? Uh, Dark Horse uh, is that one of theirs? You could you could, yeah. you, could you could include Wildstorm and stuff like that if you want okay. to. Scooby Doo, <laughs> Hanna Barbera. <laughs> <gonna> go <laughs> so, yeah, so with all of that, you know, I was definitely able to create my top 10 list, but it was just, um, you know, probably a little bit more difficult where when it comes to the big, huge, overarching storylines, uh, I'm really going to be banking on uh, the Dr. DC guys to, <laughs> to to help us through that because it'll be like, oh, here's another Batman story from Adam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think when we did our uh, way back in, God, what feels like forever ago. I don't know, was that 2018? We did our, our top 10 comic book heroes and villains. Yes. And I believe yours, your number one came out uh, Batman, didn't it? Oh, well, because we removed Deadpool. Because we removed we? Deadpool, because Deadpool yeah. is our favorite. But uh, as Deadpool aside, it was Batman. Right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, that's how it is. Deadpool is my <laughs> boy, but when it comes to like single stories, Batman's the shiznit. Yeah, Batman's my favorite villain, too. <laughs> <laughs> we did two separate lists. We did Batman, or we did heroes, and then we did villains. So we had two top tens on that mm-hmm. episode. Nice. nice. So, um,. Adam, did you have any other things to add before we kind of jump into our list? We got four people here, so it's it's going to be a lot of lists. Yeah, yeah, we did. We didn't really break any things down specifically. Like it had to be a graphic novel. It had to be a certain number of issues per story arc. It's just Thank basically God. barely open ended, just storylines. Yeah, that's how we. That's how I did it myself. Now I don't know. You guys can all impose your own certain, um, you know specifics on your own lists but that's how i did mine i just kind of like okay what are some definite storylines within um different different books that uh mattered to me and so i just kind of jumbled them up and then picked them out of a hat and that was my order yeah i've, I've, <laughs> I've got sort of a collect i have a couple of single issues and a couple of like entire runs and a couple of like story oh, no. okay. arcs. so it's a bit of, it's a bit of a jumble for oh mine. Yeah, yeah for sure i I, cool. I wasn't even certain i'd read 10 books so. <laughs> <laughs> Don't admit that. What people listen to our Oh no, we're, we're totally <laughs> yeah. educated. That's yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> you need that credibility. Stick to the fucking script. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, yes, and the doctor knows all. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> so, uh, what we'll do is we'll start with our lowest one. We'll go ten all the way up to one. Mm-hmm. Now, the way we do it here is, if somebody mentions one that you have on your list higher, you'll simply say, "I have it higher," and then we'll wait to talk about it until we get to the highest position that it's in. I've got Perfect. that book higher. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Creed reference! Love Creed! <laughs> <laughs> Can you take Superman higher? No, because he's already... <laughs> yeah. So I'm imagining we're actually going to have a lot of... of, of uh, a lot of storylines actually that might get keep getting bumped and bumped and bumped it's, and bumped and bumped. That's possible. I think so. They're all number one. They're all number one in my heart. Uh, and yours. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm ready to jump in. Are you guys ready? Yeah, I'm. I'm ready. Let's do this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right, do yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam. We're gonna start with you. What is your number ten? Okay. As I'm probably the least well-read uh, DC person in this podcast right now. We'll see. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Um, this was one uh, that I read that was actually one of the few on my list. Actually, there's only two on my list that are really total DC encompassing. Um, and this is one of them pretty much, but I was a little bit heavy on the green lantern side. Um, but 
I, I remember re- remember reading this one, and it was super badass. Um, I believe Parallax was a big badass villain in it. There's a whole bunch of crazy zombie aspects to it as well. Uh, my number 10 is Blackest Night. I was a big fan. Oh, son of a bitch. How is that not on mine? How really? You didn't even put it on there? I, I it didn't it didn't make it on my list. I didn't all. intentionally it's, because I didn't love that book, but son of a bitch. <laughs> see, it's not on my list either because I didn't particularly care for it either. Uh, so. See, I did. Yeah, and that was uh was Jeff Johns doing that one, right? Yeah. Or no? Yeah, yeah. Jeff yeah, Johns Jeff and John. uh, Ivan Rice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I see I mean he's a great writer obviously. He's done some fantastic stuff. Um maybe we'll hear about Brightest Day later, maybe we won't. <laughs> Don't look at me. I mean, if, <laughs> I if, the, if the rest of We're us not didn't have to. Blackest Night, I can't imagine any of us had Brightest Day. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I, I didn't. I was trying I was trying to tease the people, but it was not as good as my opinion. Blackest Night was fantastic. Um, yeah, it was just really cool. You had the black rings. You know, it was it was just, I don't know. I, I liked, it was Parallax, right? He was in there as well. Uh, I don't no, uh, ne- Necron's the the big bad in, uh, in okay, that. Okay, then one. big Necron, bad. Yeah. Black Hand, but, yeah. Black Hand, okay. But whatever it was. I see. I forget a lot of stuff. I read it a long time ago, um, and it, I just, I just, it stuck with me. It was one of the few Green Lantern storylines that I read that I really liked, uh, and so yeah, I feel, I felt like it had to make the list. It's that, a great concept. I, I love the concept. My issue with that book was that it's really not something you can just jump into cold without reading everything I'm else. Sorry for like years before <laughs> it, and if you have an asshole friend who just like gives you the book and then tells you to read for it a podcast. for a fucking stupid podcast oh wait oh, sorry um i, I blacked out again. <laughs> Black. i can't believe i didn't put it on my list because i i reread blackest night multiple times a year i mean you can put it in now that's oh no no it's too late you know, it's, <laughs> the, it's too late the, you're not like this we didn't sign a contract before doing this but... i did i i actually wrote my list in blood <laughs> <laughs> I that's chose a mine in stone, I wrote so I'm right there with you. That's a that's a a respectable number ten. That's a good one. I'm upset I didn't put that in. I used body fluid to write mine, cool. but it wasn't blood. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you can guess at home what I used. Was there was there a lot of waiting and orange slices involved in between? <laughs> so, yeah. Pineapples, but you're basically on the right yeah. train. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, Richard, why don't you go ahead and give us your number 10? Absolutely. Um, this was a recent read for us on the podcast, and one that, from this writer, I find that I'm often reading and then not liking and then going back and enjoying later. It, like it's, it's, it's a writer that, in hindsight, I enjoy a lot more than in the process. My number 10 is Final Crisis. Holy I know, shit. I know. I knew you weren't. Holy shit. <laughs> I know. It made it. I know. It made you it. You liked it. <laughs> I liked it in hindsight. Wow. Uh, much like uh, my relationship with the doctor here is I like it a lot more in hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> it, it did not make my list, Adam. No, not mine either. Right. I mean, it didn't make my list, yeah. No. I mean, okay. <laughs> Again, I'm barely like able to read, so most of the time everything I read is for the podcast. Wow. Um, no, I, I honestly, it's... I mean, it's it's a huge concept. It's trying to do a lot. There's a ton of layers to it. It's a lot of uh, Morrison complaining, uh, like every other book he writes. Yeah, which is which at the core of it is really just him going like, nobody's nice to me and understands me, <laughs> or nobody understands me. But I, uh, <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> Better than the previous one I did. Uh, but I think that it, it's if you're looking for like a 
big sort of, I mean, crisis book. It's the final one. They don't use the term crisis anymore. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's the final crisis. crisis. Um, but that being said, I, I think that what a way to go. It, it, it really does a lot of stuff, and it, and there's a lot of like sort of peeling back the layers like an onion <laughs> we're almost slipping into a character we do on our show just shrek <laughs> shrek morrison because because they have the same <laughs> scottish accent yeah and we're we're endlessly creative yeah uh and comedic geniuses <laughs> but uh i think that it's if you're looking for that like big dc event book yeah. it's one that uh, that i've of all of them that i've read so far was pretty easy to actually get into can besides all of the insanity of morrison and it is something that 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 uh reed and i were talking about uh earlier today which is morrison's really interesting in the fact that he his stories are insane but he actually doesn't do that much in the book like it's not like you're bringing in a ton of different elements it's it's a pretty focused one thing that he's trying to do but it's it's such a crazy concept often that it that it feels like you're doing a ton but at the end of it it's like when you look back you go oh this is what this is what he was accomplishing with that book so yeah my number 10 wow Shit! <laughs> Jesus! Wow! Wait Sorry, I'm right, I'm right next to a drum set, and I accidentally hit a hit a right hit a symbol. <laughs> what are my symbols? Uh, I've like actually never I've never read in that room without hitting a drum set. Yeah, there's a lot of drums there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've never actually read uh, Final Crisis, and I I think I'm a little intimidated. I've been intimidated. Oh, all right. So spoiler alert for my list: none of the crisis stories have made it because I've never read any of them. Right. Because it just feels like it's just too much to get into. This is the one that surprisingly I feel like you could get in. If I could get into it and enjoy it, anybody could. As long as you have like a tangential understanding of DC and sort of the elements. Yeah. I think if you go in just, you know a little bit about Darkseid. You know a little bit about Superman. Yeah. And other than, and you know a little bit about that there is a multiverse. Yeah. Other than that. Mm -hmm. I guess you could just sort of roll with it. I mean, I would hope so, considering that's what you just forced me to do with it. No, it's different <laughs> when we do it. You know? Oh, okay. All right. Um, I'm going to jump in with my number 10. Right. Uh, I'm going to uh, preface this by saying I'm also a little limited on the number of stories that I've read. Um, I've been reading a lot recently, and my number 10 is one that I just recently read, so it's fresh in my mind, which is how it made my list. Um, I don't expect it to be on anybody else's list. Um, I, I, in fact, I'm I'm pretty pretty much ex- uh, expecting to get a bunch of what the fuck looks when I say it. <laughs> oh, I can't wait! Like really, that one? Uh, and that was, I believe, it was fairly recent. I think uh, within the last decade, uh, it's a Justice League Dark, uh, The Witching Hour. Oh, that's so good! It's not on my list, but it is very good. I just I didn't think I was gonna like it, and I loved it all the way through. That's a really cool one. There's a lot of like cool I mean the whole like world of magic in DC has the potential to be some of the coolest stuff they've got. It's mm-hmm. it's often yeah. mismanaged and, yes, and yeah. poorly uh, treated but can be really good. Yeah, that's that's a good pick. I I definitely don't have it on my list. I don't think I definitely Yeah. Don't. Okay. I'm assuming nobody else does either. No. I did like I did like the concept of the upside down man. Yeah. That guy freaked me out, which I think is what kept me reading. It was like, ooh, this is like I don't I don't read a lot of horror, but that that character kept me reading because I was like, all right, this guy's freaking me out, and I need to see where he's going to take me. It's great design, really simple, yeah, really terrifying design. For I believe a they're called a demogorgon, actually. 
Fucking nerd. That's awesome. Uh, all right, Reed, what was your number 10? All right, my number 10, uh, everyone needs a weird thing in the number 10 spot I, is my approach. So my number 10 spot is not actually what I thought I would Yeah, no. My, my number 10 spot is not what I thought I would have put there, but I just sort of like went with my gut. I tried not to overthink it. I was yeah. like, top 10, use your instincts, uh, search your feelings, use the force. <laughs> and my number yes. 10 is the entirety of The Flash Volume 5, which is the rebirth <laughs> run of The Flash written by Josh Williamson, which is like, it's the most recent run of Flash, but it has not only tied in all of these amazing Flash family characters from all the other runs, like the Mark Wade run and the stuff from before. It's got great reverse Flash stuff in it. We got Zoom. It's introduced also brand new ideas and characters that are big and prevalent and they use on TV now. Godspeed, Bloodwork, Black Hole, uh, uh, the Negative Flash, not on TV yet, but Negative Flash, cool concept. The other forces, like the Strength Force and the Sage Force and the Still Force. We got a cool new version of Turtle. Uh, it's just been, it's been like a wildly creative run. I think it might be the best single run of Flash ever. You've been talking about it a bunch lately. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So that I mean, it's it's. A, not nostalgia because it's currently happening, and B, <laughs> uh, like not what I expected it to be, but it, it made my list. It's been really incredible. I mean, yeah, you ruined the format of the show, but it's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, we're I think we're firmly firmly establishing that we're awful guests. Yeah, we're not good at podcasts, <laughs> and we're terrible guests. Yeah, yeah, that was my time. Uh, all right, Adam, you're number nine. All right, my number nine. Um, I. I don't know. I might not be surprised if this one goes a little bit higher than anybody else's list. Um, it, now I'm getting into my Batmans. Expect quite a bit of Batmans coming up. <laughs> um, but uh, this one, I don't know. It really set a fantastic, I don't know, presence about early side of Batman and the whole mob, uh, everything about it. It's a fantastic book. I'm talking about Batman Year One is Great. my number nine. Ooh, nice. It's it's not, not on, on my, my list. list. Not on mine either. Nope. Oh wow! I mean, it's a great storyline. You get a lot of that stuff—the the Carmine Falcone, mm-hmm. um, the the Sal Maroni kind of stuff. Like just setting him up, and and kind of getting into that world before the freaks take yeah. over um, is is such an interesting way to do it. And I and I thought it it, it really it added added a lot of reality to Batman where before of that, you know, it was, you know, yes, he, he's, he's only human, but he's still kind of superhero stuff. He's, he's, he's able to, you know, beat up people like the croc and Bane and other people who are legitimate, big, strong super freaks. And so still Batman is, is, is above and beyond as a, as a human here, he's kind of set into reality world and mobsters and things that we've all seen before. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's, it's gritty. It's a, it's a great book. And so I think that's, that's why it, uh, it had to make my list. Plus you get that amazing speech where he's like, you know, like gentlemen, you feasted well, you feasted on the yeah. city's wealth, uh, like your dinner's over mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck he says. It's a like, fucking punisher. Yeah. Like, it's well, it's a Frank Miller book. Yeah, it's got, well, yeah, it's, got go. it's got strong Punisher energy. Yeah, there yeah. it is. Uh, did you watch? Yeah, yes. <laughs> did you watch the animated uh, movie? I did watch the animated movie. And it was quite good as well. Yeah, yeah. it's great. I, I really liked. I love that art style with that storyline. I think it's really yep. good. Yeah, uh, I like that a lot. Yeah. Yep. I've been uh, I've been reluctant to read it um, because I view like early stories or like 
history stories of a character the same way I view the Star Wars prequel. I don't give a shit how my character got there. I'm just glad that he's there and I want to go forward. <laughs> right. I don't need I don't need Batman's history. His parents died. He hates it. I I got it. Let's go forward. Hey you, uh, what's your <laughs> name? Uh, uh 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 I'm baseball bat. I'm bat. I'm Batman. Yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah. That's how he got his name. That was the origin. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. that movie that we had? That was a um, oh god, hmm. um, the movie we just reviewed with uh, Morgan Freeman. Lean on me. Oh, lean on me. Yeah. Now they can call me Batman. Yes, yes. He was carrying because <laughs> he was carrying a bat. <laughs> yeah. Where am I going? Oh, Richard, we're gonna go to you. Yes, <laughs> number nine. Yes. Number nine, baby. Number nine. Hilarious. See, I did it that time. Another Morrison book. Wow. <laughs> can you guess what it is? I think I can. What is Do it? Do you want me to say it yeah, yeah, for well, you? Yeah. Is it Pax Americana? Multiversity. Like, just as a general... Holy shit! I've made a Morrison fan out of you. Well, I mean, it's not number one. <laughs> Fair. Uh, and I've only read ten books, so there you go. Um, <laughs> no, I think what... So the multi the multiversity in general was... Yeah, for sure. I mean, Pax Americana... Did either of you guys have that one? I don't no. even know what that is. Yeah, never so, heard of it. I mean... Pax Americana is probably the best way for me to get into it, which is, sure. I've read a bit of the rest of it, but I think Pax Americana is probably the peak and the pinnacle for me. Um, that is a book I fucking hated going into. Right. And I despise the doctor for making me read it. Um, and now in hindsight, <laughs> I, I actually really, really enjoyed it. And it's a thing that like for people who are Morrison fans, it's a thing that I can really uh, uh, sort of send them to or people who like, um, uh, Watchmen. Yeah, I think that there's a really interesting tie in there because you're you're talking about these uh, Charlton Comics characters who Watchmen is based off of. Um, yeah, so so the multiversity is a series of one shots that each take place on a different parallel Earth, and the one that you're talking about takes place on Earth Four, which is the home of the characters that the Watchmen characters were themselves based on. So that Earth is now both a pastiche of. Or yeah. not a pastiche, but it's both riffing on the original characters and riffing on Watchmen. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. well, it's it's a crazy series. I think that uh it, it's it's one of those things that it, it's again, it's a, it's a Morrison, so it's in hindsight I'm going, Oh. And it was funny because it's a thing that I like didn't like going into it. As Reed and I were as I was explaining it to Reed, Reed's going you, you you understood it, like you get what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going, Yeah, but fuck him for making me think <laughs> But I, I love I, I love that book now in hindsight, uh, especially yeah that that whole series, but Pax Americana especially is nice is at the top for me. So that's cool. my number nine. Cool, nice. All right, so my number nine, um, I, Adam might have higher, but I'm guessing that he is actually going to have a different storyline from the same book higher on his. Um, and I've, unfortunately, it's the only one I've read of this book, um, but I really really enjoyed it. Um, and that's the first Fables book, Legend in Exile. Ooh, I don't have that on my list, but no. that's a good pick. Fables is great. Yeah, not on my not on my list. Okay, um, it's the it's the only one I've gotten to so far because I've been jumping around from a bunch of stuff. But I really, really loved the interesting take on you know fabled for uh, fairy tale characters, and um, you know the world that they had to live in and just all the craziness that was involved. Like I, I got me excited to read, <clears throat> sorry, uh, read the next one. So I don't know. That's that the best as I got, but I was just like, yep. I, I was floored by the end of it. I was like, wow, I can't wait to see where they, 
where they take me with this story. It's it really does a great it's job a of setting up the world for fables and just yeah. kind of like, okay, they are exited out. Now, um, yours might tie into a storyline that I'll be talking about <laughs> later, but it's, uh, yeah, they really kind of do set up like, okay, they have been exiled out from, you know, their world or their, you know, universe, quote unquote, and they are living, you know, on Earth now, but they have, you know, kind of... Uh, they find a way to, to using magic to separate themselves from from the Mundies, um, the mundanes, if you will. Um, but yeah, it, it, it does a great job. It, it got me hooked as well. Like I was a hardcore fables reader, and you know a lot of the storylines in there um, just kind of kept hooking me. And, and, and it's no, in no short, um, I guess in, in what I'm trying to say is that one did a good job of starting it <laughs> off and made me want to keep reading. Okay. I don't know how to talk. Definitely. I uh, I played the Telltale Wolf Among Us game and that yes. that ruled. Yeah. That was really really yeah. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it was quite good. All right, Reed. What's your number nine? All right, number nine for me is uh, the original uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Wow. Anybody anybody have no have Crisis? No. No. Nope. Not on my list. So uh, it's 1985, and DC is trying to reckon with the uh, infinitude of multiple continuities that they have running on different Earths. Everyone's on cocaine, and it is it is the <laughs> first, as far as it's it's the first major across the line event like ever. Every book had tie-in issues. Yeah. It had its own twelve-issue series, and it completely changed DC continuity. It's the first time that it was ever done. I mean, now we're so like, like over inundated with events all the time now. But, but the original Crisis—it's Marv Wolfman, George Perez, two like master comic book creators, master superhero comic creators in their prime. Uh, tying a bunch of secondary and tertiary characters together. We're going on this big cosmic adventure. We're introducing maybe the most frightening villain that DC had for like 20 years, which was the Anti-Monitor. Um, and, uh, and a massive story that at the end of it, they took multiple Earths and they made it one timeline. Like a lot of people grew up reading the runs from the 90s where jay garrick and alan scott and that were just part of the history of dc but before yeah. crisis they were on another earth they were totally separate so um it's it's such like a it's crazy to go back and read it because you expect it to feel older or not as good because it's like the first event but it is so solid it moves so well there's a ton of story um yeah, yeah, I I love that one. I love going back and reading it. So that was my my nine. All right, Adam, let's go to number eight. We're moving chugging along here. Yeah, we are moving pretty well. Um, my number eight, I don't know. I'm gonna expect is on somebody else's list. Uh, there was also a movie which I didn't really love the animated film of it, um, but I was really pretty drunk when I watched it, and maybe that that hurt it. But um, the book itself is a really strong book. It's another Batman book. Uh, and it is really important because it eventually led to the creation of the character Oracle. I'm talking about The Killing Joke is my number eight. That's so funny. That's where I have it. You have it at the same spot, yeah. eh? Uh, I do. It's not on my list. Wow. It's not on, I it's, really thought it was going to be higher on your list, John. It's not on I've my never list actually either. read it. Yeah. Oh, you I was it. I was turned off by the movie. The movie was not good. We no. watched it together, actually. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't care for the movie, but... 
but the book is really good. Richard, you 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 talked about it as well because you said you had it on your number eight slot. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think for me, it I mean, the, it does some brutal stuff that like sticks in DC for a long, <laughs> long time. Yes. Um, and mm-hmm. it's and I think it's really divisive, uh, uh, which is what makes it so important. But it's a thing that I don't want them to touch ever again because it's. I mean, what they did to Barbara Gordon, like, it, not great. Uh, yeah. Crippling a character j- uh, just to make them, uh, like, a disabled superhero is well, probably be- a bad way to do it. Because when they did it, they weren't doing it with the intention of making her Oracle. No, they were yeah, yeah. only yeah. crippling her. Yeah. <laughs> it was a yeah, bit yeah. of, like, a woman <laughs> I mean, But it, I think it, it ended up turning out as a positive, giving a role model to a lot of other handicapped kids out there who... You know, hey, this here's someone who showed how freaking worth she had. You know, I guess I know I, I know she's the person you know in the chair, yeah. obviously. Um, but she is she was such an important figure for Batman's um, credibility and for Batman's uh, you know how well he did. Yeah. You know, he was super important. Oracle was super important. So I think you know, yes, they probably did it for the wrong reasons, but then they 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 fashioned it down the line for something better. Uh, but the book itself is 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 fun, uh, or is not fun. It's important. Yeah. But what are your what are your Definitely thoughts, Richard? Fun. On yeah, not fun. <laughs> but Richard, what are your thoughts on the the whole the panel where he is like laughing with Joker or he's choking Joker? What do you think? I I think that I mean the, this really plays into that whole storyline between Batman and the Joker uh, of their need for each other, <clears throat> and they're like Batman's really the one. I mean. It's it's the same thing that Morrison does with with the Joker, which is is the Joker insane or is he like super sane? I, I, yeah. I don't know, yeah, but the it, super sanity it, it, it plays into Joker. I mean, into Batman being actually the one who may be even crazier because the Joker is so single minded and focused, and the Batman's constantly trying to pretend that he's not what he is, which is completely bonkers, <laughs> shit crazy. <Yeah. laughs> Just beating up like uh, mentally ill people around town in the night. <laughs> While well, wearing a costume, yeah. and it, yeah, so I mean, the the end of that book, him like laughing at yeah. all is him realizing how insane everything. Well, that that is. he's yeah. that it's, yeah. he he should be taking himself in, like yeah. he's he's on the exactly the same playing field, but he's just changed his perspective on what he's doing, so he's justifying yeah. his actions, which I think is why he sort of is laughing at the end. Definitely, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, for least. sure. I mean, it's if you want to like better understand the relationship between Batman and the Joker, that's the book to go like to be able to really understand that sort of pastiche, I think. Yeah. Uh so my number 8, I'm fully expecting someone to have higher, so I'm just going to come out and say it. Uh my number 8 is Batman: The Long Halloween. Higher on my list. Yep. It's not on my you list. You knew you knew it was going to be higher on my list at least. Yes. Surprisingly not on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. It almost made my list. It was definitely in the running. I'm I'm looking now and I realized I don't have any Batman on my list. What? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Which is pretty wild. Well, that's all right. We'll we'll do enough talking about Batman. For yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So what was your <laughs> that's what was really your number funny. eight? I, I have a couple Batman. Right. Batman. Batman. So sorry, Batman. Adam. You said you, it was higher on your list. Yes. Yeah, so we're not going to talk about it right gotcha. now. We'll wait. We'll wait until it hits my list. Gotcha. Um. And I already talked about. So I guess. So I guess it's it's me then, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yes. All right. Yep. My number eight is the uh, the hard traveling heroes run of uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow. Yes. Uh, Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams. They paired uh, the the two together, and it was basically like taking the space cop that goes on fun jaunty space adventures and bringing him down to earth and making him confront the reality of like really 
indecipherable, unpunchable issues like drug addiction, poverty, uh, uh, racism, uh, all of these sort of things. Another it, light-handed it's, story from DC. But it was like one of the first kind of like openly political, you know, they, they were fighting against the comics code. It, uh, it included, you know, uh, like real discussions about slum lords and race and like ghettoization of neighborhoods it talked about uh there was a, a, a iconic cover that showed a uh, speedy green arrows sidekick uh using heroin like it was a real like speedy <laughs> need to slow down it was a oh god it was a like a groundbreaking series and it's still i think it still holds up considering it's the 70s like it's a it's got a real like conscience i think it's uh anyone that tells you that comic books didn't used to be political is wrong and this uh, proves it um, <laughs> yeah. uh great great series and starts the friendship the iconic sort of team up yeah. between those two heroes absolutely I, I i i love that friendship that they have and that's definitely i mean that really sort of sets those two characters up for like the next forever I mean, oh they yeah they're, they're so intertwined from that point on yeah this is your only Green Arrow story, right? <laughs> yes, I didn't okay. put that other one in there. <laughs> good. Sadly, I've not read it, so that yeah. that's going to get added to my read list pretty soon. Then, yeah, it's 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 really good. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Anything with heroin, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam. Let's go to your number seven then. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're gonna go from heroin to killing kids. Uh, not just crippling them. Um, that sounds like a but, Saturday night uh, for me, my, baby. <laughs> uh, mine, I don't expect to be on anyone else's list. Um, John, just because you talked about, you already have t talked about the beginning of Fables. Uh, mine is a Fable storyline. Um, you guys didn't seem like you were jumping all over the Fables no. side bandwagon, <laughs> so fuck y'all. Um, <laughs> but this is the, the Baba Yaga storyline from fables this is the now one gonna... this is the one where the russians kill his dog and he comes out of retirement <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> he comes back now so so um bobby yaga is basically this badass witch who comes in is just like wreaking havoc uh against the the fables and they're they have their own very powerful witch named frau totenkinder uh now frau totenkinder in german totenkinder means dead children yeah uh and basically she is like the every bad witch that you've heard from fairy tales, she kind of is the amalgam of that. She was like the the evil witch from Hansel and Gretel, as well as the evil witch, whatever. She they, they just kind of gave her that name, Frau Totenkinder. Um, I thought Totenkinder one... was just a really high child. Yeah, <laughs> Tokenkinder. Oh, okay. Totenkinder. Oh. Yes, not I token. That just, that's what they put uh, yes. like an ethnic child um, But she story. she really shows how immensely powerful she is. <laughs> I feel like I missed something. Reed is dying over there, and I missed a joke. I'm all, I'm all, I'm all right. <laughs> it's not worth repeating. Okay, but we see we see the immense power of Frau Totenkinder in the Baba Yaga saga, yeah. and also we find out really how she gets her powers. She maintains her magical strength by killing children. Right now, that would become a very big problem of them hiding in the real world. The way that it's kind of inferred. With fables and in this storyline, sorry, John, if I'm spoiling anything for you upcoming, I think it's still fantastic. Is it's maybe it kind of it started off as a um, fan theory, but I think it was basically kind of confirmed. Is that instead of actually killing children, and that's how she kind of maintains her power, 
is she owns and operates a whole bunch of abortion clinics. Oh. And so because of that, uh, she that's how she's like, quote unquote, killing kids. I'm not trying to get political at all. It's just a very interesting theory. Um, but it just it really it shows out. She's a character I actually really like uh, in, in the in the um, just for book. her political views. Yeah, no, I'm not trying to get. Everyone got really fucking quiet. Uh, talking I was about, just, I was starting but, to sign up biz, like business contracts and stuff. I was like, this is a great idea. <laughs> but she, trust me, it actually is. It's really cool. It's a bad. I mean, she ha, she is an utter pimptress in this uh, storyline. So I, I very much like it. Right on. Cool. Hashtag pro choice. <laughs> Hashtag kill a kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whatever whatever political view needs to get me to that point. I think we can all agree. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah no, kids need to die. That's yeah. If if you can walk away with, from this podcast with no other idea, it's like yeah. children need to be murdered. Shit. <laughs> all right, Richard, what's your number seven? Oh yeah, we're doing a list thing. Uh number seven. <laughs> oh, uh, you'll another you'll be I think you're gonna find most of this list pretty interesting. All right. This story was one that I it, it it felt really daunting coming into it for me because I I I had heard a lot about it for a really long time, and um and wasn't super like knowledgeable about uh the writer and I, I the the art artist was somebody that I I hadn't really figured out how I felt about um but the story is it's Kingdom Come oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Alex Ross uh one of yep. one of uh, them. H- higher on my list though hey oh whoa oh there you go okay well then I'll <laughs> shut the fuck nailed up nailed it. Nice. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, All Alex, right. Alex Rocks. Um, yeah. My my number seven is another Batman one, right. so might be another this list. Um, there's several on this list where I read the comic and then found out there was an animated movie and immediately went, went to go watch the movie and then was immediately disappointed by the movie. Sure. And I don't know why I keep doing this to myself because it happens every single time where I'm like, God, that was a really good book. All right, I'm going to go watch the animated movie. And every time I'm like, that's not what happened. Can I guess? I just can't deal with it anymore. Uh, you you can guess. What is it Hush? It is not Hush. Oh, okay. So Hush. Uh, it is Under the Red Hood. Oh. So I liked the cartoon. Sorry, hang on, I you, the... you were disappointed with that animated movie? Yeah, you're so wrong. Yes. The, the animated was fantastic. You're on the wrong side of history. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the guy that said hashtag kill the kids. Well, yeah, that's the right, <laughs> that was the right opinion to have. Either way, I loved the story. That's the important thing oh, yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> whether not, regardless of whether or not I like the animated story. Wow. Uh, all right, is that in, on anyone else's list? No, it, it's but it's not. really good. No, no. Was that on yours? No, no. the uh, the only The only thing is, I've never, and I don't know why. I don't know why I disappoint myself with this because inevitably it's going to happen. I don't like it when they kill off a character and then inevitably bring it back. But there's nothing I can do to stop it. They're going to find a way to bring the character back. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. So at first I was a little eh, iffy about the whole uh, Jason Todd thing, but ultimately I did end up really liking what they did with this with the story and with the character and i mean yeah you know by, by comic book standards he had been dead pretty conclusively yeah. for a pretty long yeah. time which is more yes. than happens to most of them you know uh yeah it, that, that's a that's a solid story yeah yep all right well that's what i'm gonna get out of that one cool. all right read what's yours all right my number seven is uh 
the Starman series from uh, James Robinson and Tony Harris. This was the Starman in the 90s. Uh, it was uh, uh, Jack Knight. Uh, he takes on the mantle of Starman. But the, what, the thing I like about this book, I'm just assuming no one else has this on their no. list. <laughs> nope. No. The thing I like about this book is it, because it's steeped in the idea of this uh this uh, hero's like legacy. He was a golden age hero in the era of Jay Garrick and Alan Scott and the Justice Society. We get lots of not only characters from that era, we get cool flashbacks. We're also, it's becomes a story about, you know, his dad who used to be a hero is now retired. Can you actually retire from heroing? Do your, does your past come back to haunt you? Like can villains become friends over time? Like what, what is that? It, deals with these things that are only kind of strictly hypothetical or like elseworldsy things when you're talking about Batman, right? Like yeah. Batman, because it's a serialized comic, you're never going to get a fully permanently retired Bruce. You might get it in like a graphic novel that takes place somewhere else or whatever. But what was cool about Starman is that it was main continuity, but because it was this other character over on the side, they got to tell these kind of interesting stories and explore these other themes and stuff. And the art is just incredible it's a it's a really great series all right adam number six all right my number six i am back on the bat train if you will um i don't expect this one to be on anybody's list mainly because i think it's a book that never gets enough love in the world of batman but i think it's awesome i think it's fantastic partly because of my love of jeff Loeb and tim sale um, and this is the sequel to one that I really, really like, obviously, and you'll probably hear from again later, but my number six is Dark Victory. Ooh, nice. I have the book. None it's not on my list. Right. I've got a great Dark... Okay. I get a signed Dark Victory, actually. <gasps> I know, which... Look, I've got a lot... I've got a lot of emotions when it comes to, to Jeff Loeb. <laughs> okay. Some stuff has come out recently. I, I'm, I was definitely a fan. This one I really surprised me how much I enjoyed it um, when I... First, when I first read it, I was like, oh, man, do I like this better than Long Halloween? And then I kind of reread them both a couple of years later. I was like, okay, no, I like the other one better. Obviously, spoiler <laughs> alert for my own list coming up down the line. <laughs> um, but it's just great. It, it, it kind of continues that story. We, we get more of a lot of those same characters. We find out more about um, Two-Face down the line. There's more of uh, Sofia Falcone on the, uh, down the line as well with this one. A different villain you know, called the Hangman kind of on this one. Um, but we get Robin put into this one so you know we didn't have him in, in the early uh that first one but in this sequel we do and i think it works really really well so i'm a fan yeah nice good pick all right richard all right so this is my number six yeah uh my number six uh i was super stoked about this here's a batman one for you um it's the action comics 1000 detective comics or sorry uh, no, so it's Superman. Action Comics 1000. <laughs> uh, I've got both of them on here. I'll, uh, that, that's the other hint I'll, I'll give you. i got both the 1000s. I, I don't have that on my list. No. Um, so the what was great about either. these 1000th mm -hmm. issues is that you're getting a like, collection of, like, it was 11 stories. Yeah. Um, and it's basically telling you these uh, uh, a bunch of different uh, uh, types of Superman stories, which was awesome. You're getting, like, a retelling of that original sort of, like, Superman lifting up the car story, which was really fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're just getting a ton of different perspectives, a ton of different writing teams. Um, I, 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 th I loved this so much because as somebody who's, like, like Superman but didn't really know how to get into him... Um, 
I think this was such a great opportunity to be able to read all the different types of stories, get all the different uh, types of characters that you can get in there. They sort of introduce you to everybody without making you feel like you're like you don't know enough about Superman to be able to uh, understand it, but sort of telling you every different type of Superman story you can really tell. So yeah, Action Comics 1000 is awesome. Yeah, nice. Yeah. All right, so my number six is another one of the ones that I read, loved, watched the animated movie, and hated it. Hated the movie. <laughs> Uh, but and, and and I think they they just changed too much in the animated movie for me to like it. I I liked what they did um, uh, with the, the original. I think the comic was much older. I actually can't remember when the comic came out. Um, but I was going to say to you, it's uh, Teen Titans: The Judas Contract. Oh yeah, mm. I, that's a that's a classic story. It's not on my list. That's not a good, that's either, a good yeah. pick though, Adam. I'm nope. assuming not. No. Yeah. So I I've been on a stint of reading sort of the classic stories to kind of catch myself up on stuff, and that was one where I was like, well, I haven't read a lot of Teen Titans. They really haven't been my thing, but I'm gonna go ahead and read it anyway. Read it, loved it. Yeah. Uh, loved all that they did with it. Um. And um, I don't know. I you know it had Deathstroke in it, which was great. Yeah, he's cool. He's a badass villain. He's super awesome. Great look to him. It's got everything. It's got <laughs> betrayal. It's got it's got uh, uh, Nightwing. It's got all all sorts of yeah. uh, crazy stuff in it. Yeah, it was a lot of it was it was a lot of fun, and I really I I think I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it, which is why it, it made it so high up on my list. Cool, nice, awesome. All right, read. Okay, my number six. Uh, so uh, I've uh, someone might have this higher on their list. Um, it's the uh, the the first volume of Neil Gaiman's Sandman. It's Preludes and Nocturnes. Oh, I I, I've I've heard I need to read Sandman and I just haven't yet. I literally just cracked that book yesterday. Oh, nice, good. Well, I won't say so, anything to to spoil it then, but uh, okay. But suffice it to say that the way that this book both totally stands on its own has that kind of late '80s kind of grunge punk kind of. Uh, aesthetic but is also deeply intrinsically tied to main superhero continuity and stories is it's it's outrageous how well it balances those two things it feels like it should be just a thing apart right it yeah. feels very literary very poetic but it is a hundred percent rooted in characters we already know. Uh, it, it connects to uh, Hawkman and uh, Hawkgirl. Connects to Jack Kirby's Sandman. It connects to uh, uh, Superman and Swamp Thing, and it connects to all of these other things. Eventually, as you go through the series, but it's that first that first setup of meeting Dream, uh, this guy who's supposed to run the Dream Realm, uh, trapped on Earth. Yeah, uh, it's it's a really terrific book. Cool, cool. All right, all right, gentlemen, we did it. Oh no, wait, that was just the first half. All right, <laughs> okay. All right. To kick off our second half, I am going to go with a book that Richard already brought up. I think it was his number seven. Uh, it's my number five, and um, I'll let Richard talk more about it. But to me, I was introduced to it by Johnny DC when we were of the uh, Dynamic Duel podcast. When we were working together, we kind of shared a lot of uh, comic books together and he gave me kingdom come and i thought it was fantastic uh great art by alex ross mm -hmm. um really cool kind of story i mean it's, it's it's an easy read it's a short read but it is 
really interesting. And it's kind of like a different take on some stuff, you know? And so I, I really liked it. But Richard, go ahead and talk about it since it was your number seven. Yeah, absolutely. For me, uh, I, I love getting a little bit of that futuristic look into what uh, like D DC superhero life is, but while still getting sort of access to your sort of favorite uh, big time superheroes, uh, getting to see older Superman with gray hair, mm -hmm. you know, foxy, yeah. silver fox Superman. Oh, yeah. He, <laughs> that Superman could get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he always yes, could. He, oh, yeah. But he's two C's thick i mean uh, i am yes he is <laughs> i am all about that superman um but the idea what does the s stand for steak baby there's <laughs> 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 a lot of meat uh i yeah i'm 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 super into this and and what's great is that you're sort of get look you're getting a, a look into uh a dc world where suddenly everybody's like so many people have superpowers right mm. and how do you deal mm -hmm. with 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 the influx of like there's more people with powers than there aren't and and now they're sort of like they're new heroes and new villains and it's just too much for anybody to handle and so they try to go to superman and he's just going like i'm fucking over this like i mm -hmm. i, I want to live in my little <laughs> fake uh uh smallville and i want to just pretend like this doesn't exist and they're going like we need your help now like you need to come out and be part of this and i mean you get this crazy uh cool arc with shazam and it's like mm -hmm. this the the fight is the fights are so big in this like i and it's a storyline that i don't want to really ruin for anybody because i think it's a pretty easy book to it's it's available everywhere mm -hmm. and it's a pretty easy read but you're getting sort of this this sort of uh it's it's almost like the like 80s idea of the future which is really cool <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it looks it's very like americana futurism like i, I i'm i'm i love that book and i and i love the way that they they sort of treat these characters and give a little bit of jade, like they feel a little bit jaded while still feeling like like it's still the hopeful Superman, but he's sort of over everything, and so you have to see him watch and watch him come back from that. Yeah, nice. Yep. Cool. cool. Well, Richard, we're gonna stay with you for your number five. So, what was your number five? So, I I don't know if this one's allowed, but I'm sticking it in here anyways. Uh, it's not the first time I've said that. Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> So this is this is actually a movie. It's a uh, an animated movie. What? Can you guess what I'm? <laughs> I mean, I guess it was pretty wide open with storylines. Yeah, that's why I, I'm I'm putting it in there. Okay. It's an animated movie. Sure. Can you guess what I'm talking? No, about? I can't. Batman Ninja. Holy shit! Batman <laughs> oh, Ninja really? made it into <laughs> okay. this. I can't stop thinking about <laughs> Batman Ninja. I bring it up so often. Have you guys seen it? No, I've no, not seen it. No, I have very little interest in it. It fucking rules. That is wild. <laughs> Batman Ninja made it. Oh. So the basic idea is that like Batman and sort of like the uh, a few of the like Bat crew. So you get like Red Hoods, I think, in there. Uh, I, th uh, I think it might just be Batman and Robin, and then the villains. Red Hood's right? in there. Though. Is he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh god, I gotta watch it again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's totally worth it. But I mean, basically, Batman gets sent back in time to feudal Japan, uh, and has to basically deal with the fact that the Joker's there, uh, and like creating havoc, and has become like a warlord. Yeah. The, it, there ends up being like a mech battle at the end <laughs> of it. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. It at is one point, wild. they experiment with like classic like japanese animation uh it it's it's completely bonkers and i i can't stop thinking about it all the time wow uh i, I never would have guessed that it's it was so much fun <laughs> it was i really like a lot of this batman uh retelling in sort of different time period things i really lo like ga like gotham by gaslight or gaslight by oh yeah yeah, yeah. Gotham by that, gaslight. that yeah. was a really cool story i didn't really like what they did with 
the the villain in that, but uh, I love just like seeing Batman in different time periods. Uh, and but this one's even cool because now it's like time travel, and yeah, it was it was just so much fun, and it was completely fucking insane, which is like right up my alley. Wow, <laughs> yeah, I loved it. All right, well, I'm gonna stay on the Batman train. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this story was one I'd heard about. It was like one of those things that was like in folklore. Like you've heard about this thing that happened and you'd never read about it. And eventually, I think about a year ago, I finally did. And I loved the story more than I thought I would considering kind of how old the story, well, it's not that old, but in the, in the, in the span of how long Batman's been around, it's not terribly old. Um, but I just couldn't imagine... Uh, people voting to kill off a character. <laughs> so my number five is a death in the family. Yeah, not not on my list. Okay. okay. Yeah, not not on my list no. either. I was surprised at how much I actually really did enjoy that book. And the, now, the, granted, the book I read had that storyline, and then immediately after, it had the introduction of Tim, Tim Drake. Drake. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't they didn't waste much time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it it's funny. Yeah, God, it's funny too because that story is treated pretty seriously pretty well and it's weird to like get to the end of one issue and then there's just this big like two one nine hundred numbers like hey do you want a kid to die it's like they've been doing this very dramatic (laughs) thing and then it's like now it's up to you hey i mean they get it Uh, everybody wants kids to die i mean that's good wow that's a good that's a good pick god man death in the family yeah Yeah. great great fun yeah Yeah. it shows that people are terrible yes (laughs) let's kill a kid you know, let's, exactly. Let's vote off and kill. We don't, I don't like this character. He's, you know, he's not like the other one. Let's just kill him. I just wish because was it, it wasn't the thing too that like one person had like an auto dialer or something yes, and was like yeah, artificially exactly. like jacking the numbers to kill Jason Todd. Like, I just wish it was like a uh, like a clue situation where you got to both vote on like him dying and then how he would die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like I want I want him to die yeah. in the like bathroom yeah. using the bat wing like <laughs> amazing yeah all right Reed okay my number five I'm I'm guarantee it's not on anyone else's list um it's an arc called the Tiresias Wars from uh Rachel Pollock's run on Doom Patrol which was a Vertigo book at the time um in the 90s so this is a story that I read because I I sort of casually like I used to just look up like weirdest DC characters or yeah. whatever and mm-hmm. uh, I found this one called Coagula and you love this She's one of yeah. one of if not the first openly trans characters in DC comics Was this, this a is... Kevin Smith character? No. Oh, this okay. is Rachel Pollock and oh, pretty okay. sure yeah, created yeah. her. Uh-huh. Um and yeah. is anyone having anyone having a widening guy or, or uh, what was it? Oh God. Uh, cacophony on their list? No, no way, definitely not. <laughs> no, they're <laughs> awful. I have them both, and they're they're they just stink. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Coagula was this character who's openly trans, which was cool in itself. But then her power was also mm-hmm. the ability to turn any solid into liquid, and any liquid solid. Hmm. Which the power is then you can you keep the thing the same, but you change its exterior. Yeah, you look right? at, I look at Jensen um, Ackles and I which turn is, from a solid to a liquid. <laughs> so then this this storyline was 
about these like elder gods coming and and they thought that the the world was too rigid and they were going to basically destroy the world yeah and because coagula a because of her powers and b because of this narrative of being a, a trans woman basically saves the entire planet but stops these elder gods from destroying it by saying like things might appear rigid but we all have the power to like uh to uh to you know like uh change ourselves to like become true to like what we are but yeah. it was just this like insanely like powerful and and deep story uh it was maybe one of the first vertigo kind of stories i had read too so it, it just it's always stuck with me it's, fr it's from the 90s it's from like a oft forgotten run of doom patrol i think but yeah i'm uh i'm really loving the tv series i've been a little hesitant mm -hmm. to read any of the books because i don't want that to spoil possibly anything that sure. might happen in the so I might wait until the end. Whenever the TV show finally has its final run, I might go back and finally start reading some of those books. Yeah, I lo love that show. That's that's one of the one of the best superhero shows ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need I need to give it. I haven't given it a try, um, only because I I did not like the trailer when it when the trailer first came off and they were putting off. I was like, this looks really stupid and dumb. I'm not gonna like this. Even though I like some of the actors, Alan Tiddick is is one of my you know favorite like actors right around now, nowadays right now. Period. But I just thought it looked terrible, but then you and everyone else is saying how fucking good it is, and so I, I just gotta suck it up and watch. You and I'm sure I'll like it. Yeah, I, I mean, okay. it's yeah. You just gotta you gotta give it a go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where are we? I'm lost. Uh, my number four. Okay, your number four. Kicking off number fours with, I I will be surprised if it's well, it's not on Reed's because he doesn't have Batman, um, but <laughs> I think it's gonna it's gotta make somebody's list. Because it's known as being one of the top Batman storylines ever. Um, my number four, Dark Knight Returns. Not on my, Not on my list. Holy crap! <laughs> Not on my list because I've never read it. Oh, okay. I've read it and I li and I saw the um, the animated movie as well. Way too long. It was like a two part. Like it was like a three hour. I, I like, got I gotta thing. say though, to to John's recurring point about being disappointed with animated adaptations, that is one <laughs> that is one where you wouldn't be. It is like it's. Yeah, ultra faithful. It's maybe like yes. the closest sort of thing. So, but it, so you got to read it. And but then as you a moviegoer, it. it is it is like a two. It's a two disc thing. It's it's a long. They do, I mean they go through everything. Yeah. Um, but it is good. Uh, but the book itself. I mean this is a this is well known as was one of the most important. Frank Miller, obviously. Um, you know he comes back the whole. Batman, Superman battle stuff. I mean, he's got that big ass badass suit, yep. you know, that he's got with like the Kryptonite. He beats the crap out of Superman. <laughs> they don't have the whole Martha bullshit in it. Um, it's great. It's a great, great book, and it really turned people on to I don't know I, the, some of the dark side of of Batman in with this stuff. So, yeah, it's iconic. Yeah, yeah. All right, Richard. All right, so hit, the hit us with your best four. So my mine is one that I was referencing earlier and I messed up, but uh, it's it's Detective <laughs> Comics one thousand. Uh, I I I mean similar to Action Comics, which is you're getting a great collection of from some amazing writers. I think this is the stronger of the two, in my opinion. Uh, it, it's, it's some of my favorite Batman stories have been in this book. Like wow, it's uh, uh, what's great is that they have some really lighthearted stories. They have some uh, some darker stuff. They bring in sort of the whole bat family in moments and that sometimes it's just this sort of uh like just batman being who he is there's a lot sort of like hinting on his past i mean he really they really play on the full sort of 
like all the history of Batman in this and give you some really fun sort of uh, thoughts into things that you already knew and some different perspectives on that. Um, they've some really fun things where they bring in sort of like the larger DC universe into it and how sort of Batman plays within that. Um, there's this really fun story about him in this like uh, this detective guild that I really love. Mm-hmm. Um there's uh, uh, there's just so many different sides of Batman in this and uh, really plays... W- I mean, because he has such like a... More than any other character, he has such like a narrow focus of what his storyline has been. You can you can pull him into some of the bigger arcs and, 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 and he's been involved. But I mean, at the end of the day, like it's Batman and Gotham. Like even Superman gets into space a lot more. Like Batman and Gotham has been the, the sort of very narrow focus for so long. And so this is, this is such a great sort of collection of all of those different types of stories and sort of sewing them all together into this one collection i i i absolutely loved it i think for anybody who's even like tangentially aware of batman is going to love at least one of these stories but i think they all are so strong on their own uh and some really really great teams into there and yeah i i I absolutely love that book nice i got like a the special edition michael chow uh, uh art uh cover and it's one of my most prized possessions i think yeah nice yeah nice um, all right, so my number four, I'm kind of expecting someone to say higher, so I'm not really going to say a lot about it. My number four is Watchmen. Higher. Higher. Okay, Can good. you take it higher? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Reed, what is your number four? All right, my number four is uh, the most recent run of Mr. Miracle from uh, oh, Tom King yeah. and Mitch Garrods. Anybody have that one? No, no. I have the book. I've not yet read it. I haven't read it yet, but I yeah. want to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's twelve issues, and it does this sort of like Leviathan task of taking the thing, like the maybe the most outlandish property DC has access to, which is the New Gods, yeah. right? This very sort of like cosmic, hyper futurist, pseudo deity kind of race. They there's. A full world there. It's it's you know in the way that X Men is like a full world carved out in Marvel. New Gods is a full world carved out in DC, and it balances both that and like these sort of cosmic battle between good and evil, and how Mister Miracle and Big Barda fit into that, while also being about just them being married and starting a family, and you know like how do you keep like your your kid from crying in the night? It's like it's it's so wild that a book can tr- take those two things, treat them with equal weight, and it just feels so natural. It's so it's so well written, and the art is beautiful and amazing. There's lots of twists and intrigue. Uh, yeah, incredible Mister Miracle series. Cool. Okay. Yeah, you did a great job. Even I want to read it now. <laughs> Woo! Good. I'm gonna get my commission. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam. Let's let's get our top three going. Top three DC storylines. <clears throat> okay. Uh, my number three was your number nine, John. Something like that. Eight. I can't remember how far back it was. Uh, eight. Eight. Okay. Um. I don't want to talk about it too much because if you want to hear me talk about it, slide on over to the OCD podcast with when me and Tessie talk about uh, this one. Obviously, I'm talking <laughs> Long Halloween, um, and we do a whole episode on it, just me and her, and it is fantastic. Uh, but that is my number three, Long Halloween. Oh God, Jeff Te- Tessie Tessie is sticking. She's gonna hate. Oh that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but John, you you talk about it a little bit because uh, you didn't get to mention it or you didn't get to go into your thoughts. Well, I I read it at. Uh, at your behest, you'd been bugging me to read it for mm-hmm. a while, and I finally sat down to read it. And I, um, 
it is a fantastic story, and I, I did like the art. I don't think I liked the art as much as you oh, did. My favorite Catwoman, like, period. I fucking love that Catwoman yeah. looks like one who could actually take on Batman hand-to-hand. A lot of the other ones are just very slim and gymnastic-y looking, but this one, she looks like she could fucking pimp-slap him to death, and it's <laughs> awesome. I love it. Yeah, I mean, you, Long Halloween is that's one of your favorites. I'm surprised it's not on your list. Yeah, you know, it made my 11, uh, to be honest. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So the one the one thing I will say about the story is I was about I don't know ten pages from the end, and my wife came out and sat down and looked at it and goes, "Oh, isn't that the one where the lady? It turns out that it was the lady. Like she ruined it for me in the last oh, ten pages. No. The twist after the twist. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. Because that was like the one Batman story she remembered reading from when she was a kid. That's so really I funny. I was like. I was I was just like I was staring at her. She's like, "What?" I'm like, "I haven't finished the book yet." Oh, that's so <laughs> sad. That's really funny. <sighs> oh. All right. Enough enough about my sad life. All right, Richard, what you uh, what you got for three? Number three. Um, this is a, a a book that I've I've recently read. Um, I don't even think I told you about this. Um, Wait, you're keeping things from me? Uh, uh, <laughs> no, man. <laughs> Uh, this, <laughs> this is a thing that because of the, the, the DC universe TV show, I went back and read, um, because it, uh, of, uh, the weight it had on the show, which is Swamp Thing's anatomy lesson. Higher. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Don't know it. Yeah. I know of it. I've not read it. Well, fuck me. So, okay. Now this is probably going to get me excited to read it. I was going to make you read this for a future episode. I mean, you've I could, read it. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> this is ruining our relationship. Wow. Okay. Well, mine, uh, mine, someone else already has higher on their list, but I'll just say, oh, sorry. I was totally skipped. It's yeah, John, yeah. John's turn. Yeah, don't mind me. I'll just be over here not ruining things. Uh, <laughs> my, uh, my number three is, uh, is my last Batman one, and it is the one that we talked with our friends over at Dr. DC about on their episode, mm. which is Batman Hush. Which is a great story. It was my number 11. It was really close to making it. Yeah. So yeah, it was really good. I was honestly like surprised how much I really loved the story, especially going back and reading it again before yeah. we talked to, with you guys about it. Yeah. How much it just sort of solidifies like, oh, this is a really good story. Mm-hmm. Really good characters. I really love what they did with it. So many, another one, and so many twists. and the one that spun the uh, the thing about me being disappointed about animated. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they cut Huntress completely out of the movie, and that pissed me off. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. God, there's, yeah. there's so many twists in that book. Yeah, it's that's wild. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And different times, you're like, oh my god, that person's hush. Oh, it's actually Two Face. Oh wait, no, it's not him. And then you figure out who he is later. It's like, oh man, it's good shit. I mean, just listen to just go go over listen to the Doctor DC episode where we talk about Hush, and then also the whole Rogues Gallery. If you haven't listened to that already, you should. Yeah. Um, and can we 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 go into much more in depth there, people? Though to be fair, we don't really go into that much depth about Hush. We don't get into that much. <laughs> yeah. We kind of, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't talk all that much. But we do talk a lot about which villains we'd fuck. <laughs> that's true. If that's yeah. the thing you're into. <laughs> just yes. fucking villains and killing kids. That's the Doctor DC podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Reed. My my number three is Watchmen. Okay. Okay. Higher on my list. Whoa. Fire? All right. We got a double bump. <laughs> double bump. Hey, All right, Adam. <laughs> number two. My number two 
Uh, oh, wait, did we go to? Yeah, his was Watchmen. That's right. Yeah. Um, my number, my number <laughs> yeah, two. We literally just did is, that. Yeah, is one that is not going to be on anybody else's list because I've already talked Fables once before. But Fables really did become one of my absolute favorite books, and a lot of it is because of the storyline about the adversary. Yeah. Mm. The adversary is the main villain and the main reason why they actually get exiled and they get kicked off of like their planet or they leave their planet because he kind of takes over. I don't know if I want to spoil too much about it. John, have you? Because you may, maybe you'll you, still read You've already told me who he oh, okay. is. Okay, all right. So the real – so the adversary ends up being actually a puppet, and – it ends up being Geppetto is the real main villain early on. And it is so cool. It really makes this uh, character of Boy Blue just, honestly, you kind of sit back and just like, holy shit, this guy is awesome. Um, and you really fall into him. Obviously, you love Big B throughout all this stuff. And, and just kind of learning more about the, kind of the twist of Geppetto being the villain and all that kind of stuff. It is a fantastic storyline. Go read Fables. If you're not reading it, do it. It's awesome. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> Hell yeah. Holy shit, I'm, I'm, I gotta go read more fables. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, Richard. All right, my number two. Um, I, I had a really hard time uh, uh, not putting this at number one, only just because I've had uh, this. This was this has been my number one for a really long time, but then there's been a bunch of fucking issues with this writer because uh, uh, you have to kill all your idols. Um, my my number two is Superman for all seasons. Right. Uh, there's been a not bunch on my of list. nonsense yeah. that's gone on with Jeff Loeb, and he's been not the guy I wanted him to be. But uh, at the end of the day, sometimes you have to separate the art from the artist. Yeah, the the story can stand <laughs> on its own. Have you guys have you guys read that at all? I have not. I basically refuse to read any Superman. <laughs> I totally get it. This is the one to read if you're going to read one, in my opinion. Uh, for someone who doesn't really uh, like Superman that I, much, I've been burned before. That's why I'm hesitant. You keep going back to those animated I movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I tried. I tried. Well, sort of. I tried reading Red Sun because I heard so much about it. Couldn't get through it. Wow. I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna try watching the movie. Maybe it'll get me through. No, couldn't get through it. I just, I couldn't stand it. Oh, Red Sun almost made my top ten. Red wow. Sun was. was close, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, how do you feel about uh, melancholy, like, uh, Americana pastiches? Because <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> Superman for all seasons. Uh, it's it's a really sort of, like, uh, introverted version of Superman who's going back to Smallville and sort of thinking about his past. And uh, it's it's beautifully drawn and uh, fucking goddammit, I have some complicated feelings about this. I... Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, Jeff Love and Tim Sale were my favorite sort of team up of all time. Uh, 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 cool. Mm -hmm. And I really, really, really enjoyed this book. I think for me, it was one of the things that got me in back into comics. And um, it's this sort of really sweet sort of look at Superman. And like, it's not the big punchy fighty, like interstellar or time travel or other dimensional story. It's just like this, the story of like him, like confronting his past and, Thinking about what here, where his place is in, in the universe, and yeah, I, I really love it. All right, so I guarantee you, no one's gonna have my number two. Uh, I'm, I probably one or I don't think Adam's gonna have read it. I'll be shocked if either. Well, I, I won't be shocked if Reed has read it. Um, <laughs> um, but the reason that this story made it so high on my list was because it changed my mind about a character. Ooh, okay. Um, it changed my mind about a character that I never cared for. I never thought was very interesting. Um, no matter how hot she was, 
and Captain Carrot. It really, sh- <laughs> really showed me a little bit more depth, and I've I've just been championing 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 yeah championing this book uh, for the last six months or so because I read it at the beginning of the kind of quarantine, and I've fallen in love with it. And I'm exp- I don't know if I'm expecting laughter or what, but it's Poison Ivy: Cycle of Life and Death. That's a great book. Holy cow! And mm. it's so recent too. Yeah, it just I never thought anything of Poison Ivy. I thought she was a, wasn't particularly interesting character just in what the few things that I had, you know, either seen her in or read her in. And that book just it completely she's now probably one of my favorite characters wow. because of that book because I've gone back to read other things with her and really started to enjoy the character. Wow. What was it that made you pick that up if you weren't like if you weren't sort of a fan of the character? What what drove you to read that? Cuz she was hot. <laughs> <laughs> No, because I've been trying to branch out. I've been trying to right. branch out with with yeah, you branch know, out. characters, especially when it. Uh oh, what? Oh, he's he's just said that branch out was a good pun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, damn it. Um, <laughs> I I I was trying to read things beyond the you know the big three and. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think I looked up a list once that said you know what were some of the best novel graphic novels of whatever particular year i was looking at and that was one of them i was like all right i'll give it a shot nice and i'm so glad i did yeah yeah nice lock to check it out amazing and it's so highly ranked on this list too that's awesome yeah that's a big get for poison ivy yeah and she is so hot (laughs) (laughs) not gonna lie pretty hot in the book (laughs) (laughs) that's that rules um, uh, all right, read number two. My number two, uh, I str- second of all time. Yeah, I strongly disagree with Richard. If there's a Superman book you're going to read, it's going to be the one I've said. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, my number two is All Star Superman. Uh, Grant Morrison and Frank White. I haven't read it yet. To be fair, All Star Superman is kind of goes the opposite direction from. Superman for all seasons. Where Superman for all seasons goes, <laughs> the thing that people don't like about Superman is when it gets too kind of big, comic booky, where he's pulling planets and stuff yeah. like that, and they make him make it about him in Smallville and very yeah. introspective. All Star Superman goes the opposite way and says, <laughs> "Do you know what people don't like about Superman is when he thinks too much. We want the fun." And so All Star Superman is a story about Superman's last days. He is dying, mm-hmm. but you get to see. Uh, uh, he it, he doesn't meet it grimly. He meets it with joy. He brings Lois finally into his life. He uh, gives her a serum that gives her powers for 24 hours. They go, like, fly to the moon. They do something fun. He, like feeds a little baby sun eater in his fortress of solitude he's got the big like zoo of alien animals and creatures and he helps uh like solve a couple of like things that uh earth needs solved he he faces the ultra sphinx and answers the unanswerable question it's like it's he does these things only superman can do and near the end Lex Luthor for the first time ever sees the world the way Superman sees it and has like an epiphany. Wow. It's uh so it's a it's the complete opposite approach to <laughs> Superman. Uh but I love it cuz it has that like silver age feel and it's so hopeful and it's so colorful and um and Frank quietly draws a Superman that is physically massive but so like gentle like he the just dream man. he just looks like a big softy. Yeah. It, it's uh it's amazing. So I probably should have said this when you mentioned this. I'm actually about halfway through that book. Yeah. 
Oh wow! And Sorry. It's be- and and the reason the reason I'm only halfway is because the book has been kind of like an ebb and flow with me. Like I'll be like, oh god, okay, I got to get through this. Then I'll get to a part where I'm like, oh, this is really fun. Okay, I'll get through. And then it uh, slows down a little bit for me. So I, I it's it's not one that I've been able to just sit down and read straight. But I'm kind of inching my way through it yeah. bit by bit. I'll go back to it for a little bit. Go back to it for. A little and bit. I will say, just to go back to the to beat this dead horse, <laughs> if you watch the animated thing, it's not a hundred percent you know accurate comic to movie but i think spiritually it adapts the comic really well uh all right so that was our twos right yeah do we do we have any honorable mentions we want to throw in oh we could save them or well i don't know I'm no on, i don't know i mean we're, we're already gone well over an hour at this point maybe we should yeah. just skip the honorable we mentions can, yeah let's skip the honorable mentions between four people i think we're good yeah all right adam uh, my number one was spoiled. I think uh, mine's the only number one that was spoiled, so I'll get it out out of the way. Uh, spoiled twice, and that <laughs> is because it's Watchmen. It's on two people's, if not, all, okay, Richard was on your list as well. No, it wasn't on my list. Only well, then fuck I you. It was on everybody else's done. list. I don't want to hear <laughs> from you. Don't just shut up. Um, everyone else was fantastic, and they're correct in their thinking. Uh, but Watchmen, it's fantastic. It's it's on like the New York Times best 100 books of all time for a reason because it is incredibly thought-provoking. It is really interesting. You know, it's characters that I had never even read before and I was really invested in them. The only one thing that I want to add before I move on to to, um, John and Reed uh, or whoever, Richard, you can say something (laughs) too if you want, um, is that I will say in the movie, it's the only real like Zack Snyder thing that I liked. I think Zack Snyder is a tool, and I don't think he does anything else good. <laughs> Everything else has I've su- I've hated. But three hundred was pretty good. Oh yeah, sorry. Hell yeah. Any, every other DC thing. Okay. Uh, I do I do like I do like three hundred. Um, but I really liked the shift of having um, Doctor Manhattan being the big like catal- uh, catalyst at the end, the big the big the big villain at the end that the world came together behind as opposed to the squid monster squid monster stupid big uh dr manhattan i think made a whole bunch of sense Do you know what i felt that way for a long time too but that movie that that like alteration that framing dr manhattan uh-huh. was like a better version than the book i felt a, i thought so. i felt that same way for a very long time until I watched the HBO Watchmen and they pull off the squid monster thing so well that I was like, holy shit, is the squid monster good? I was like, I was like wow, watching that true. show and I was like, oh fuck, maybe I like the squid. I kind of loved it in the, in the <laughs> show, yeah. And I, and I honestly, I haven't even seen the HBO series and I know I need to. What? Um, because I've heard, I've heard nothing but good stuff. I, because there's so much good stuff on TV yeah, right that's now. That's better than all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, you guys both have strong opinions about each other when it comes to Watchmen. All right, Richard, what is your number well, one? Do you guys DC want to talk line? about that out of all more? Oh, I, I don't know that I have too much more to add to the discussion of Watchmen. I mean it's 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 so yeah. it's so talked to 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 death, but I mean it really is I mean it's it's seminal. Like you it's kind mm-hmm. of unimpeachable in a lot of ways. I mean it over time we might find it ages poorly, but it's still so monumental, completely changed comics. Yeah, I mean it's it's Watchmen. Like <laughs> Yeah. I actually I had a moment of doubt not that long ago, actually probably just like a month or so ago, where I was like, is it really as good as I remember it? Yeah. And I didn't I didn't go back and read it. I was being lazy and I found I found the motion comic on YouTube. Oh nice. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll just kind of go through that. And then I was like, before I knew it, it was like six hours later and I was still like watching it, but I was like, okay, yeah, it's still as good as I remember. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't know. Watchmen's just a thing I usually do from the bushes. 
<laughs> so my turn for number one. Yeah. 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 Uh, yes. <laughs> this is, uh, my number one um, is very recent. Um, and it, it, it's kind of crazy. Uh, uh, this is a character I really didn't care about that much for very long and has sort of completely sort of changed my mind. It's a thing that if you subscribe to our Patreon, we talk about this week. Um, it's the Green Lantern Earth One series. Um, it, Green Lantern never is a character I never no. really cared that much about. Uh, if you like the Earth One series, the uh, the other Earth Ones are great. Uh, um, but I think that it, uh, the uh, the general idea for these Earth Ones is to take these sort of very compl- uh, co- uh, complicated uh, continuities uh, for these characters and sort of wipe the slate clean and say they're they're on Earth One. What's this version of them? And sort of it's a retelling of uh, of their stories in sort of a modern take. They're not drastically different, but it, it just sort of like goes imagine if nothing else existed and we, to- we we gave a writer just the general sort of columns of what this story is so this is the character this is what they kind of this is sort of what the general gist of what they are and some of the characters in their in their sort of uh, background tell a story about them so uh, right now, Green Lantern Earth 1, Volume 1, and Volume 2 are out, uh, and they both are incredible. Uh, volume 1 is basically uh, a, a different look at uh, the Green Lantern Corps, uh, as if the Green Lantern Corps was a group that existed a long time ago, and sort of was like, now is thought of as almost like a myth, like, did they even exist ever again? Um, and then uh, you, you go to sort of this sort of near future version of Earth, where, uh, er, uh, where Earth sort of, they're just starting to experiment with space travel they haven't got intergalactic yet um but they're doing sort of space mining and earth has turned into this sort of like ultra corporatized uh uh version of earth it, again very near future <laughs> yeah um it's and, a little close to home yeah super but it's the 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 visuals of it are it's it, it sort of was inspired by the alien movies mm-hmm. so it's that sort of like gritty mm. sort of grimy realistic version of space in the future for earth um and uh you don't even in the first two volumes you haven't even really gotten constructs from the green lanterns they're just sort of like figuring out how to use them uh you get a bit of space travel in the second volume uh they start getting uh the ability to do intergalactic travel and make first contact and you sort of understand what the implications of that are for earth and the rest of the galaxy um it's it's the best way I've been able to get into Green Lantern because it sort of just gives you bits and pieces of the things that are exciting about Green Lantern, but without overwhelming you with all of the other shit. You in the second of the volumes is the first time you even get a different color of lantern, so they don't like overwhelm you with yeah. the, the full spectrum of colors. It's just sort of like a tiptoeing and like putting your just your toe into the water of Green Lantern in a way that feels really concrete. Hmm. You get all the major characters, even if you're just sort of tangentially aware of Green Lantern, you sort of go, okay. I know who Sinestro is and I know like Hal Jordan and, and I know Jon Stewart and you sort of get all the main pieces, but without a, within a way that really sort of holds your hand through that in a really exciting way, there's big action. Uh, you get a little bit of like universal sort of space stuff, but it's never done in a way that sort of is daunting. So for me, it's been the best way that I've gotten into any sort of comic series uh, and like beautifully uh, uh, drawn and colored and written really, really well. And, and, and if, if you're into sci-fi like me, especially near future sci-fi, it's like the perfect book for that. Um, yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about this series. I, I, I'm so excited for them to make, hopefully make a volume three at some point. But yeah, uh, it made me a Green Lantern fan, which I never would have expected. Nice. 
Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I've not been a, a big Green Lantern fan, so maybe that'll change me as well. If you yeah. like the Alien movies, like it's, it, it, it's yeah, I love the Alien movies. That, it, it's <laughs> that it definitely that sort of visual uh, storytelling uh, is done in that same sort of way, so uh, it's it's worth picking up. All right, so similar to uh, Richard's uh, Batman Ninja pick, yeah, uh, my number one is based from a movie. <gasps> It's Batman and Robin. No, I'm kidding. It's uh, yes, oh. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> what in doubt? Cool Schwarzenegger. Um, uh, it is a book, but I've been scared to read the book because of how much I love the movie. Sure. And I've heard that they're similar enough that maybe I don't need to. But and knowing you, you'll probably. Uh, hate I think the it's movie one of after reading the book. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's one of the great uh, the greatest stories, and uh, unfortunately, I think nowadays it hits a little bit more too close to home for us here in the u.s uh it's v for vendetta oh oh shit oh v for yeah. vendetta didn't make my list <laughs> wow holy shit yeah why did i not put that on my list <laughs> that's a good one very good one so i've only seen the movie and i've been i've admittedly been a, i've been a bit, little bitch i've been scared to read the book because i don't i don't want it to sully my view of how good i think that story is right i have the book i haven't read I think I actually, I think I have the book as well. I just haven't been willing to open it. That's a, ter- I think it's that's such a terrific, a, a fantastic story. look on. Well, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying that's a terrific story. I mean, like, I I understand being hesitant, but I don't think you'll be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. I love what it has to say about society and government yeah. and and whatever else you want to take yeah. away from it. Um, and every time I watch it, I feel like I get something new out of it. And so I knew I, I felt okay just picking this as my number one, regardless yeah. of not having read the book, because I I feel like it was it was such a good use of the story. Yeah. As as ridiculous as a crazy hermit as Alan Moore is, <laughs> that dude writes a damn good story. Oh yeah. Oh I, I bet and I bet he loves yeah. the movie. <laughs> <laughs> if he's seen it. The movie is great. Wow. God, V for Vendetta. I didn't even think of that one. Jeez, wow. Louise. Um, yeah. All right. Well, my number one, Richard added at number three, like an idiot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, you, I hope you like our podcast because you're never getting another episode. <laughs> uh, my number one is Swamp Thing Volume 2, number 21. It's a story called The Anatomy Lesson. It was the story that kicked off Alan Moore, because since we're talking about him mm-hmm. anyway, between Watchmen and uh, Vendetta. You're, getting, and you're this. getting Alan Moore. Yep. Alan Moore talk of Alan <laughs> yeah, Moore. Yeah. Um, it's the way he took over on Swamp Thing, and it it's the shift between Swamp Thing kind of being wedged into like trying to be a superhero book, and yeah. then Alan Moore came in and said, no, this is gothic horror, it's gothic romance, and here's a little fun thing, I'm going to completely change everything about this book while simultaneously changing nothing about this book. Uh, <laughs> and he comes in and says, uh, you thought that Swamp Thing was Alec Holland turned into plants. You're wrong. Uh, Alec Holland is dead. Swamp Thing is plants that believe themselves to be Alec Holland. Um, <laughs> that is weird. And it's this story of like basically him being operated on, and Sad. Jason Jason Woodrow is the one that discovers that he is the way he is. And at the end, he does he's like, oh my god, I'm not even real. Like I'm not even. Yeah. I'm I'm ghosts of memories in something else. Like it's so. Uh, it, it, to take a character like Swamp Thing, which looks like should be something 
far more bizarre and then makes it like the most human story ever. And that's just the start of Alan Moore's run that would then introduce things like the green. It would introduce Constantine. It would introduce all sorts Mm. of extra stuff. You'd get some Zatanna and Zatara uh, in there, uh, Phantom Stranger. uh, And it all starts just with this issue where it's like, why don't we just figure out what Swamp Thing is? And I think it's not what we thought it was. (laughs) It's it's incredible. I mean, and you can you can take so so many concepts from it. I mean, there's this sort of underlying tone of like parentage within that, and that like like children are just sort of the collection of the the, the hopes and memories of their parents, and like right. the setting expectations for what you are based on what you're made up of. I think like it's so human for something that is ostensibly like a, a, a monster feature. Like it's yeah. it's kind of crazy. I, I, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well, gentlemen. I had a lot of fun talking about this. Yeah, this yeah. was great. Hell uh, of an episode. <laughs> uh, we we really don't get to talk comics specifically too much on here. Um, we do do some comic things because we do some fan castings uh, related to comic book uh, characters and stories and teams and stuff like that. But getting to actually sit down and actually talk comic book stories mm-hmm. actually was a lot of fun. Hell yeah. So uh, why don't you uh, take us out uh, with uh, just a little bit more of where people can find you, where they can find your podcast, all that fun stuff. Yeah, sure. Uh, so Dr. DC Podcast, new episodes are out every single Wednesday. Uh, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to chat to us online or send a question in for us to use on the show, uh, we're Dr. DC Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at Dr. DC on Twitter. Uh, there's a subreddit that you can find, and our website is drdcpodcast.com or .ca. Yeah, absolutely. And we also have a Patreon where we just talk about generally nerdy shit. Occasionally there's comics thrown in there. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we also have a whole other podcast that we've started as well. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, the uh, Ghost Facers uh, Supernatural Rewatch, uh, where we go through every single episode, 327 episodes of Supernatural. Uh, and we, Jeez. we talk Wow. About- yeah. That was our top 10 DC storylines. Please join us next time for our holiday special as we break down the 1988 Christmas classic Die Hard, discuss the Star Wars holiday special, and recast Die Hard using actors of today. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at BlastPassCast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, Well then, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back.